Hi, Sungai Bulo Church. It's so good to be with you today. You know, um, as I'm sure for, uh, Pastor Fergus and, and other pastors have come in on this whole My Favourite Chapter, here today you have me. Most of you know me, you know, I'm Lindy. I'm in charge of the big events in the church, even though our big events has taken a very different look this year and last year. Um, I'm also the pastoral oversight for children ministry. Um, I handle young uh, families in the church sports ministry and also I have a pastoral district. So that's a little bit about me. I have one awesome husband who was my sound crew earlier this morning making sure I sound good. I have two amazing kids and um, just the past August, I entered my 21st year of full-time ministry last month. Whew. Maybe if all of you that's tuning in, if you can tell us, how long have you been in SIBKL? Um, whether Sungai Bulo or um, Main Church, if some of you only entered Sungai Bulo, maybe on the chat, if you can tell us, um, when when did you join SIBKL? Um, yeah, whatever timing it is, was it the past year, was it the past 10 years? Wow, 19 years already, Fergus, yes. Um, yeah, however long. Yeah, wow, awesome, interesting. Wow, four years five years good time good good timeline 21 years I never thought I'll be in SIBKL when I first joined um, SIBKL um, but 21 years is not when I joined SIBKL is when I joined full-time I joined SIBKL in 1996 I think some of you might not be alive yet um, <laughs> 96 is when I joined SIBKL. But coming back, so you know, today, this favourite passage that I want to share today is all the more um, significant and special because this verse literally is the passage that kept me going from the start of my full-time ministry all the way to today. And, you know, every time I hit a bump, every time I reach a point that I question myself, this passage anchors me back and keeps me doing what I do. So today, you know, is part of um, what, what I will be doing is partly preaching, but it's not going to be preaching all the way. I got permission from Fergus um, on this. He was saying, yeah, you go for it, Lindy. Um, so it's partly preaching, but part of um, the time today, I'll be sharing my personal journey with you. So um, I hope you're ready because it's not going to be all preaching. Um, so it's going to be a lot of my journey as well. Um, so my favourite... Um, chapter, actually, it's not quite my favourite chapter because I'm very chonghei. So I, I thought I better not do the whole chapter and just cover that short passage that really is my favourite and what I really, um, yeah, but what really resonates with me. Are you ready? Can we read this together? You don't need to unmute yourself just wherever you are. Let's read this out loud and declare the word of God this morning. Philippians 3 verse 12 to 14. Are you ready? One, two, three. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. 
brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of this. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Can I just pray even as we start? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the reading of your word and for your presence that is here. Lord, I pray that you would fill every home, every heart, that even as we come uh, into this space of really even hearing your word, that you will speak through me, that you will speak to every heart as well. So Lord, I commit this time into your mighty hand. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, the start of this passage, it says, not that I have already obtained all this or have been made perfect. Um, yeah, you know, I remember there was a time in SIBKL, like I said, I'll be telling you a lot of stories today, so get ready. Um, early days, we had this trip to Vietnam, mission trip to Vietnam, and there was quite a lot of the pastors. We didn't have a lot of pastors that time, but a lot of the pastors went for this mission trip. I remember the missionary that, um, was there, um, asked one of our team members this question. He said, what have you achieved for God in your life? I remember when that team member relayed that um, question back to us, I started thinking, yeah, what have I achieved for God in my life? You know, yes, I was involved in a worship team, youth leader, you know, yeah, la, not bad, la. you know, this is... Uh, in, in the 1990s, um, yeah, when I joined. So, you know, there's just these things that was going in my mind. But the interesting thing is this. The missionary um, responded to one of our team members that's, and, and he said this, you know, if you have achieved this, 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 and this in your life, God can't achieve it. Wow. That was and a, a very sobering and humbling thought because he was saying, and he was anchoring the underground church and was doing amazing things for God. And he was telling us that, hey, when we put ourselves out there and we feel we have done this, we have done that, it's not actually God that is doing that work. Not that I have already obtained all this or have been made perfect. Wow. But I press on. This verse goes on to say, I press on. So, you know, as we come into this space, I want to echo what that missionary spoke to us about. Hey, we have to strip ourselves away from all these things that we feel we have achieved and allow God so that we can press on. We can press on. But what are we pressing on for? Press on for what? Three things that I want to share with you from this passage. First is to press on to take hold. Press on to take hold. Second, press on to forget. Third, press on to win. Let me go to the first point, press on to take hold. In verse 12, you know, it says that I press on to take hold 
for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. What does take, this take hold mean? In Greek, the word is katalambano. Actually, I feel this katalambano word can almost be made into a song, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, wow, katalambano, katalambano. And, and it's really cool because what does katalambano mean? It actually, the definition for katalambano means to obtain, to attain to, to make one's own, to take into oneself, to appropriate. Second meaning is to seize upon, to take possession of, to understand, to perceive, learn, comprehend. Wow! So to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me means to make it my own, to obtain, you know, to take it on uh, oneself, to seize, to possess, to understand, to perceive, to comprehend, to learn. Wow! You know, I was born in KL, but I was brought up in Sabah. I went to Sabah when I was a baby. Um, but I came back to KL, as I mentioned just now, in 1996 to further my studies, my tertiary studies. And that's when I joined SIV KL. It was quite funny because I remember the first... I, I knew Pastor Chu and Pastor Lee Chu from Sabah. And so the first week I came to the church, my sister was already in the church and I was determined not to be in the same church as my elder sister. So, um, yeah, I, I want to have my own identity. Don't want to be in the shadow of my sister. First week I came to SIBKL. I remember um, Pastor Lee Chu was so excited to see me. Oh, Lily, you're in KL now. Next week, you are on for worship. She wasn't kidding. Literally, the next week, I was on the keyboards. Um, part of the worship team. I didn't have a chance to not be under my sister's shadow. Um, she she worshipped lad in SIVKL at that time. But God had a plan. Um, I came here, I did my uni, I did twinning, so half my course was here in KL. The other one I went to, the other part I went to Australia, so I did half of it in Australia and I loved Australia. So after that, in 99, I went to Australia and um, I loved those few years that I spent in Australia, but I also experienced some drastic incidences in my life when I was in Australia. Um, drastic as in I had this stalker that was obsessed with me. Um, he was from KL, followed me to Australia. And to cut the long story short, I felt so tired dealing with such extreme obsession and moved away. I, I, I never even liked the guy. Um, it was just a crazy obsession. So after dealing with that for a while, I, I just felt so tired and I moved away from everything that, was, that involved that person, um, which included church because that person was in church and was in everything that um, I, I was involved in in my initial time in Australia. Um, when I finished my studies, I actually decided to migrate to Australia because, like I said, I loved Australia. I really liked it. And my sister was married and living in Australia too. Um, so there's family there. So when I finished, you know, at that time, there was, um, if you graduate, you're Australian graduate, you get extra points to apply for your PR. And I applied for my PR. So I came back to Malaysia and of year 2000 um, with two suitcases 
my car was in Australia and you know as a fresh grad when you have a car that's all the earthly possession and it's a big deal that you have I have all my stuff in Australia my bed my stuff uh, because my I was staying with my sister as well and so I just came back with two suitcases um, but when Pastor Chu and Pastor Lee sat down and caught up with me when I came back they were shocked because I had my hair shaved off um, I had eight piercings all over. Um, I was young and excited to take on the world. Um, but when Pastor Chiu and Pastor Li Chiu saw me, they immediately asked me, come join us in church. You know, we only have two staff there besides Pastor Chiu and Pastor Li Chiu. Join us and join in. Uh, maybe, you know, come and help us. Um, I later found out why they did that is because they thought I would be a lost cause if they didn't get me back to church. Uh, I told them, no, I'm on my way back to Australia. I've got a great life there and I've applied for my PR and I'm going to just spend a little bit of time with my parents here and I'm going back to Australia. Um, yeah. And my whole life was waiting for me just to start. You know, I was excited. I was ready to take on the world. They, 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 but, you know, I had time here. So they kept persisting to ask me to help. Um, I was also helping my dad out. He had a financial planning thing going on here. So I thought, yeah, just spend a little bit, six months uh, back here with my parents as I waited for my PR to go through. Um, and I agreed. Um, uh, so, so, but as, as they persisted to asked me to help in church. So I agreed. Yeah, I think I can find some time to also help them. I started working in church um, a, a few times a week, I think two or three times a week. Um, um, and I was helping my dad as well. But as I started to be in the church environment, kata lambano, kata lambano, God took hold of me. God kata lambanoed me, if I can put it um, that way. You know, he took hold of me bit by bit. God started to take more of me, take more of me and captivate. There was no big bang, no special thing that happened. It was just simply being in that environment of the church that God just took hold of me more, than, more and more. And I remember there was a youth camp that happened um, that year, uh, in year 2000. Uh, and I, they, they asked me to go to that camp to help. So I went to help, you know, with all the youth and all that. But as I went to the camp, I remember God literally reminded me of all the prophecies that has been prophesied in my life and my experiences in my youth. And at one of the altar calls in that camp, um, I remember the speaker saying, you know, I'm doing this prophetic act. He drew a line on the floor and asked us to cross the line if you feel like you have a full-time call. I remember it was all the teenage kids that was around there. At that time, you know, you're a young adult, that's a big deal. But it was all teenage kids. But God encountered me. God, God took hold of me so much. God katalambanoed me that I crossed that line. I remember I was on my knees, bawling my eyes, crying my eyes out. And I knew 
I had to surrender. I looked at all these other teenagers around me. Their time is not now. But God is saying, Come, I want to take hold of you and you join me. At that point, you know, I already told Pastor Chu and Pastor Li Chu, I'm on my way back to Australia, you know, and no thank you. Um, I also turned down a few missions organization because when I was back, I was just helping some of these missions organization with a few events and they also offered me a job and I also turned that down already. But as I was there telling God, being a total wreck, God, don't give me too many options. Close all the doors that's not I'm not supposed to go to and open the ones that I should take. And shortly after that, I don't know why, Pastor Li Chu came by um, as I was working one day and just by the by told me, um, oh, Lindy, you know, um, no, I'm not asking for anything. It's no big deal. But I just thought, you know, I just want to ask you if you want to come on um, to work a bit more full time. Um, and yeah, um, it, it's nothing. You can quit anytime. You can stop. It's, it's not asking you for anything. Just join us. Join us. You know, that's why I always say um, I was never called into SIB. I was conned into SIB. <laughs> there you have it. Um, joke, okay, joke. Don't go back to my bosses and say, ah, you see your staff say you got conned. She got conned. Um, joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so when Pastor Li Chu told me that, the buy the buy one, um, I did go back. And they said, oh, do give us an answer soon. Um, I, I went back and I started wrestling internally. Um, I didn't have uh, much working experience. And so I started thinking, hey, I can't. Lah. You know, I, I really need to get more experience before I come into the church and all that. And I really haven't obtained all this or have been made perfect. And I also doubted myself, um, you know, but as I did that, I felt God katalambanot me more and more. He took hold of me step by step. And when you encounter God, you have to respond to God. So I remember in that prayer time, I decided, what am I wrestling about some more? He already encountered me. He already, you know, I already at the altar crossed the line. Let's jump in the deep end. Jump in the deep end. And I did. And I did. You know, Psalms 63 verse 8 in the TPT version says, With passion I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. And this echoes what Philippians 3 says, that I press on to take hold of that which God has taken hold of me. God has a grip in my life. And that's why I katalambano. I took hold of what God took hold of me. So when we press on, the first thing is to take hold. When we press on, the second thing is to forget. To forget. What is to forget? It? Forget in verse 13. It says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what is ahead. I want to highlight three other mentions in the Bible of this one thing because, you know, when I read this verse um, 13, the one thing word really spoke to me. So three other mentions of one thing. 
in Psalms 27 verse 4, it says, One thing I ask of the Lord that is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. So you know here it mentions one thing I desire, or I ask of the Lord, is to dwell in the house. Mark 10 verse um, 21, it says, Surrender and follow. Jesus looked at him and loved him one thing and said, One thing you lack. He said, Go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. So here he sees this rich young ruler and tells this rich young ruler one thing. All you need is one thing. Sell off everything and come follow me. The third one thing is of Mary and Martha. The famous passage in Luke 10, it says, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. In this three instance, um, you know, I, I, why I, I took this other mentions of one thing? Because I was saying, hey, God, not one thing. Leh. So many one things in the Bible. Leh. How can it be one thing? And you mentioned in Philippians also, one thing um, I do. How can that be one thing? Everyone also talk about different things. But as I, um, maybe, yeah, okay, no worries. Before we, we, we uh, so as I look at all these one thing that is mentioned, I felt I, what spoke to me is, hey, Philippians 3 is like, a, so, so to speak, a, a summary of what this one thing is. It's not talking about one specific thing, but it's talking about, so the, the common trend that I see in all these one thing that is mentioned is that we have to give up something in order to be able to take hold of something. So in Psalms 27, one thing I ask other, if I want to dwell in the house of the Lord, I have to not be dwelling in the world and be doing things in the world. Because if, if I want to spend time or, or be in that house and to gaze upon His beauty and face, I cannot be gazing upon the beauty and the face of the world or things um, that attracts me in the world and so i have to lay down something in order to take hold of that one thing and in mark jesus you know with the rich young ruler he tells it so um clearly one thing you lack one thing sell off everything is to give away all these earthly things and pursue jesus seek his face gaze upon his beauty but it was a physical Jesus at that time. Martha, only one thing was required and Mary chose it, is to sit at the feet of Jesus. And now Philippians 3 makes sense because that one thing that he's asking us to do is to forget what is behind the world, the possessions, all these things. And that one thing is Jesus. It's moving towards what God has called us. 
heavenward. Everyone that is that common trend of this passage, that one thing is to look to Jesus, to pursue Jesus, to run after Jesus and surrender and surrender. And so that makes a lot of sense. Forget what is behind. This is so, this is not to discard your past. It's not to discard your past, okay? It is to lay down um, what hinders us from moving forward to Jesus. It is not to sweep things under the carpet. And some of you might say, oh, that's awesome because my wife is hindering me from God. No, it's not to discard your wife, people. You're stuck with her or your husband. Even if they hinder you from pursuing Jesus, that's not what this passage means, okay? Even though, yes, to lay down whatever that hinders you from pursuing Jesus, but that, that requires you to stop running. But your wife and relationships are, yeah. That, you know, in the 1994 Asian Games, I'm going old school today, okay, because, yeah, I'm quite old school. Um, at, at 1994 in the Asian Games, there was this sailing event in Hiroshima that our Malaysian athlete Ryan Tan, at the age of 14 years old, won the gold medal for the sailing event, the Optimist Class sailing event. Um, he beat the Japanese competitor Tetsuya Matsunaga. You know, I was trying to find a picture. Oh my gosh, 1994, no pictures one, man. I couldn't find this Ryan Tan's picture, you know, on um, yeah Google. So Google don't have everything after all. But then again, it could be me. Like, I'm old school, right? What I cannot find, I think young people can find. Huh? So anyway, there were two races in this class that spread over two days. After the first day, everyone, they were all tired. Very little to choose between Tatsuya and Ryan because they were such close competitors. It all depended on the second race. As they approached the finish line, the Japanese was leading slightly. But suddenly, Ryan changed direction of his sail the moment at the last moment and caught the wind and won. When he was interviewed, um, he was asked, what happened at that final moment of the race when you changed the direction of your sail? And Ryan replied, my competitor Tetsuya was looking at me, but I was looking at the wind. I changed the direction of my sail and won. And that is what it means. Don't look behind. Don't look at what's happened, what others. Strain forward to what lies ahead. Look to the wind. Follow the direction of the wind. You know, no driver drives looking at the rearview mirror all the time. You can't get far from that. You know, when you're driving, you don't just look at the rearview mirror. You really can't get far. You bang into something. You know, look at what where the wind is blowing, what God is working and the changing directions of the wind. Right now, we have wind coming every direction. There is so many things happening all the time. Don't just look at circumstances. He didn't look at the storm. He didn't look at the sea condition. He looked at the wind. Look at where God is leading you. There are many things, there's many things that's fighting for our sight. Because everything requires us to look at these things. But here, one thing 
one thing you do, keep your eyes on Jesus, to gaze upon the beauty. Follow Jesus. You have to look at Jesus to follow Jesus. You know, to sit at the feet of Jesus. I believe Mary was also looking at Jesus. Keep reading God's word. You know, keep co getting connected to whatever that's happening in Sungai Buloh. Dominate altar. Go for that. You know, keep your prayer life strong. Keep yourself with people that will not quench the fire of God in you. You know, in Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You know, after a few years of working full-time in church, Pastor Chu and Pastor Li Chu challenged me to become a pastor. I outright, I outright rejected them again. But this time it's not Australia. Australia is done deal. I've given up on Australia. Painful and all that. Um, but um, yeah, it was done deal. It was on Australia. It was three things. Um uh, why I didn't want to become a pastor. Because if you become a pastor, right, it's a journey of no return. Oh. You know, you become pastor, not suka-suka, you be pastor, then you want to quit, you can quit, right? Really, it's, um, if I want to be a pastor, it means I'm stuck in this job. You know, at that time, like, young, like, I still had, like, the world is waiting for me, you know, um, kind of a thing. But that's it, you know, if I become pastor, cannot, journey of no return. So I really, no, you know. But second reason uh, is also uh, because, I actually wanted to go clubbing. Um, you know, um, you, you, you pastor how to go clubbing. You're not pastor, you're leader also. You want to go clubbing, still okay, you know. Um, I, don't get me wrong, I wasn't like wild and like doing all these funny things. I like dancing. I just like to dance. La. So I want to go clubbing to dance. I can like, you know, somewhere to have fun in. And, you know, um, so I wanted, if pastor, clubbing also cannot already. Then, uh, Third, also, I don't feel like what I have, what it takes. Uh, you know, my dressing at that time, um, my piercings. Um, I don't fit the pastor's mold. And all these things are, oh God, I really didn't want to. Um, and so, when they asked me the first year, I rejected them. Then the next year, oh my gosh, they sat me down for hours. Hours to convince me that I need to be a pastor. This is the significance of it. You know, the spiritual authority. You can be a leader. Because I told them, you know, I don't need the pastor title to do what I do. I, I will still do everything I do. You know, I won't give God any less. But wow, the spiritual authority, significant, the office, the blah, blah, blah. Hours they sat me down. So I told them, okay, okay. I will pray about it. I can't just take it up. I will pray about it. And I did. What I did do during those days, you know, the days of pre-children where you have a lot more freedom to do a lot of things. I actually, every year, I will take a personal retreat. I'll go off somewhere and spend that short time just fasting that, um, in that duration and praying to seek God for what He wants to do, um, um, just to connect with Him for the next year, for the year ahead and whatnot. Every year I did that. And so I remember that, yeah, I told them I will pray. So I went to pray. Um, and, and it was about time for my personal retreat. So I went and I prayed and seek God um, about it. 
uh, I remember that was also the year uh, my husband, now husband, at that time, boyfriend, not even boyfriend yet, was interested in me and asked me, you know, want to be boyfriend. Also pray about that, like, you know. So, you know, major decisions in life. I remember that year was significant because it's all these major decisions in my life. So I was praying and I was seeking him. What I felt happened as I seek God, as I got, he got lambano, he took hold of me. But now, I was confronted with my shackles. The shackles that held me back, the things that hindered me from pursuing God, from gazing upon His face, from moving, following Jesus, from doing all these things, from really pursuing and sitting in God's presence. And it just, this verse just spoke so clearly to me. One thing, all I need is one thing forgetting what is behind and straining towards what lies ahead. Let go of the shackles. Let's strain forward towards what God has called me. There is a greater purpose that lies ahead. Press on to take hold. Press on to forget. And the third thing, press on to win. Press on to it. What um, in, in, in verse 14 it says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. How many of you, maybe if you can raise your hand, you know, the raise your hand uh, uh, a button. How many of you exercise at least once a week? Well, wow, come on, Sungai Bulo. How many of you? Wow, Bill, awesome. Wow, wow, quite a lot of you are. Huh? Wow, Fergus, you got a healthy bunch here. Wow, awesome, awesome. Wow, quite, quite a number. Awesome, this is good. You all need to continue to just excite each other to work out. I too, I try to work out at least once a week. Try lah, try. Um, okay, now comes the second question, which might be a little bit more tricky. So everyone put down your hand, put down your hand. How many of you like running? So you might work out, but how many of you like running? Wow, we got quite a few as well. That's awesome. Yeah, but a lot less than those that work out. Because from what I know, people might like to work out, but a lot of people really don't like the cardio part and the running. I'm actually a little bit more uh, together with one of um, you. Uh, I like running. Even though I too, like Lillian, I have knee pains. Uh, um, but I felt it's me against my knees. Uh. It's either I get the better of my knees or my knees get the better of me. Uh. So I like actually, I haven't been working out for many years. MCO saved me. Actually, MCO, when I started MCO that time, I, I started running. I couldn't even run. I had to walk because I actually have constant knee pains. I have yeah knee problems. I, yeah. So... Um, but as I started to run, I overcame that. So I, li I like running. You know, many people are running different races. Some are running the rat race. Some is racing against time. There are many people running different races. But one common thing that I find when we run a race is that people, there are people around us as we run. When we run a race, People say, on the mark, on your mark, get set, go, you know. 
I never really thought about it much, but after t- when I was preparing this, I suddenly thought, hey, when you run a race on your mark, wow, that is actually significant because what I find is many people cannot run the race that God has set for them because they are too busy having their eyes on the people beside them. So instead of being on your mark, we are on his mark or on her mark or on their mark. We all have the tendency to compare ourselves to other people in life, especially when we run in races. Right now, are you running? Are you racing with someone? You know, even without even the person knowing that it's your race of life, um, is there someone that you're comparing yourself to? Is there a person they're racing against? It might not be an intentional thing. It might be an outright, okay, your bosses have set you up, you and that person, let's see who will get the promotion. You know, there are some, some scenarios that is outright obvious. But there are sometimes we, we see other people, we are same age. And just by the fact that we are same age, we kind of like set ourselves in this race. Um... Yes, who is the person in your life that you have set your eyes on and that you are running your race according to their pace instead of keeping your eyes on Jesus and doing the thing that God has called you heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, when we play this comparison game, we are agreeing to the enemy's plan for our lives. And though we ask, we still want to win. We are here to win. But it's no longer for the prize that of which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. Because sometimes I feel like comparison is the number one destroyer of God's destiny for our life. It's like um, the enemy's strategy of mass distraction. And mass destruction, you know, is he is out to get you to compare yourself with somebody else and he, you are all distracted. You know, after all, Satan, that's how Satan fell. He compared himself to God and got fired from the worship team of heaven. You know, he compared, hey, God is, I, 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 I can be like that too. He compared it. It, you know, that's why comparison will... Right now, Satan's business is to kill, steal, and destroy you and I. And that's what comparison will do. It will steal your joy. It will kill you of your peace. And it will suffocate you of your sanity. Comparison will consistently crowd and cloud the call of God in your life. If you want to be confused by what the call of God is in your life, just start comparing yourself to someone else, another person. And what their call is, you, it can be even be the call of God in their life, but you are comparing your call of God. You've got to stay in your lane. Stay in your lane and fix your eyes on Jesus because that's how we win. We want to win the prize, but if we don't have our eyes fixed on Jesus, we are not catching the win. We are busy comparing ourselves to others. 
we are distracted. We, we, we are so, we are seeing so many other things. God wants us to win. He didn't set us up to lose. He is a good father. He does not want us to fail. Imagine what the body of Christ will be. What the body of Christ, the church will look like if we all stayed on our lanes and we, all we did is look to Jesus, pursue Jesus, move towards this heavenward call instead of looking at Instagram, how other people are living, even how other churches are running their services, how other churches are doing things and all that. No, run in your lane. Look to Jesus. We must not try to be somebody that God has never called us to be. God has given us the grace to run our own race. So, so you know, so all we have to be is all that we can be. And what we have to do is what God has called us to do, not someone else. Stay in your lane and keep your eyes on Jesus. That is how you win your race. You know, even as I run the race marked out for me, I too feel that a lot of times I have the inward tendency to look at the people around me and compare. You know, when I was pregnant with my first child, that was the year, wow, the church launched two major, major, major initiatives. Sabah Sarawak. I mean, now SIBKL is still all about that. We are all about Sabah and Sarawak, but that was the time it was launched. The other initiative is this community arm, which later was the spin-off to become what Gigi is today. And so during that time, it was the start of it. It was in 2008, 2009 that this took off. Uh, but I was pregnant. You know, I remember I had a few contemporaries at that time. My fellow next-gen pastors, um, but we journeyed together. We were in college together. We, um, we then we became young adults and um, started working. And then one by one, we all came on full um, on full time ministry. One by one, we all became pastors. Um, and they were all we were running together. But now this my other contemporary, whoo, took off and rose in significance and impact because of this initiative the church was doing. Another one, boom, rose in significance and impact. And here am I, pregnant. You know, I'm the type of person that I'm a go-getter as well. You know, I want to be in the act, you know, in the action as well. I, I don't want to be left out. Now is our time to shine for Jesus, to do something more significant for God. It's like, God, you know, how? I tell you, I really, really struggled because I wanted to be part of the action. I wanted to be part of what God is doing. And this is God, this is your kingdom. But God kept telling me, stay in your lane. Don't compare. This is not your time. Your time is for your family. And literally, of course, the church, my bosses and the pastors wanted to involve me in a lot of these things. But I had to say, no, I, I can't be involved of some of these things. And I felt that was the time that God shifted my perspective 
to see that, hey, sowing into your family is a very spiritual thing, is a very significant thing as well. It might not be so prominent, but it is your race. It was my race to run at that time. I had, at retrospect, of course, I can see that my time came for me to also be part of the great move that God was doing. But in that moment, I had to stay on my lane, fix my eyes on Jesus. Oh my gosh, I tell you, it was hard. It was hard because everyone is sprinting. And I wanted and I knew I had to sow into my family at that time. We need to be clear what God is saying to us and what God is doing in our lives. What is the prize, P-R-I-Z-E, that God wants us to take hold of? There is a prize, P-R-I-C-E, to pay for the prize, P-R-I-Z-E, that we want to take hold of. Second Timothy Verse 4, it actually says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to also to all who have longed for his appearance. There is a price to pay, P-R-I-C-E, for the prize. P-R-I-Z-E, that we want to take hold of. And it's for everyone. There is a crown of glory and award that is waiting for us. But we need to keep our lane, run our right race, focus on Jesus, press on, press on to win the prize. By focusing on Jesus, don't compare yourself to others. God has called us heavenward. So I'm closing, you know, press on. Press on for what? Press on to take hold. Press on to forget. And press on to win. The saga continues even in this season of my journey with God. I feel God is still revealing this passage to me. Not that I've already obtained all this or I've been made perfect. I press on towards the call, towards the goal I, that God has taken hold of me forgetting what's behind, straining forward, and to win the prize. You know, God's word is so real. So, to, you know, that's why I told Fergus to share this passage. I can't share this without sharing my story um, because I find the word of God is so real, so alive, and so, so, so relevant to everything that we are going through in our lives. I cannot live without the word of God, literally, because it's my guide. And so even as we come to a close right now, you know, I, I really want to open this time for prayer. I want to open this time for prayer. Um, similar to what I shared, three groups of people. If you're languishing in this season, lockdown, whatnot, you know, so many things around us. I know so many people are going through so many things. And it's challenging. It's a hard time. And if you need God to take hold of you today, you feel like you are tired. Similar to what I was going through when I was facing all those um, obsession. I felt tired dealing with things and I just wanted to live my life. 
but God took hold of me. Stop wherever you are. Maybe He is reminding you of the prophecies that He has in your life. In this season of COVID and all that, yes, in this season of what we are going through, He's reminding you of the prophecies, of the things that's released in your life, or maybe promises that you have given to God, you know, at certain stage in my life, you know, we do bargaining thing, Lord, you know, I will, I will serve you if you help me get this job. I will do, you know, and maybe God has lived up to His side of the bargain, but you moved on. Maybe now God is drawing you back to Him. Take hold of that which God has taken hold of us. Second thing, you know, maybe you're running in this race and you to move forward, there are a lot of things that's hindering you. You know it, you feel it. Lay down. Lay down these things that's hindering you, that hinders you from moving forward. Some of it you might have held on to it for a long time. You are driving but you're constantly looking at the rearview mirror. That's but I need to look at it so that I make sure I don't get hurt anymore. You don't need to look at it. You need to look at Jesus. Jesus is who you need to look at. And the last group of people, if you feel you have fallen in the trap of comparison, you have been comparing, maybe you're not even running your race anymore, maybe you don't even know who you are anymore, you, you have possessions, you have things that you see other people having, so you feel that's the right thing to have, and you've probably even lost yourself. But come back to God, look to Him right now. Yes, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, come and take hold of our hearts right now. Lord, you see these people that's here today, wherever we are, whatever that's happening, take hold of our hearts right now, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Pastor Fergus, I want to just pass the time to you, even as, yeah, please lead us on if it's into the prayer rooms. Or... Thank you so much, Pastor Lindy. You know, church, I just want to encourage you that right now you've heard the Lord speak through this, through, through the scripture, you've heard... The Lord speak through um, uh, Lindy's own, you know, Pastor Lindy's own life story. And I, want, and I want you to see this. I want you to see this, church, that the Lord is reaching out, not just to, to share stories with you. He wants to find you. He wants to find you in this place that you are in right now. And something that just struck me, even as Pastor Lindy was sharing, you know, in the season that Pastor Lindy was, was pregnant with, with Leanne, her first baby, Right, and and at that time, I know, I, I know her colleagues who, who who were sprinting ahead, and flying as well, and and the Lord has led them into different journeys, by now, but you know what, in that moment you heard you heard what Pastor Lindy said, don't look at someone else, look at where the wind is blowing, right, and and the wind for her, where was it blowing, now. Church, she could have seen her pregnancy, her family, Nick, and everything as the hindrance that the Bible sometimes says, cast off that thing which is hindering you from running ahead. But she did not. She did not. Why? Because she knew that the Lord had marked out a different race from her. Did it make it easier for her? Probably not. 
but it just gave her enough clarity each day enough clarity to know what place has been marked out for her in the same way church on your mark on your mark so what is your mark what has the lord set you for what kind of race has the lord set you for if you are seeking answers and clarity because you're because one and a half years of being cooped up and all these things has thrown your entire race out of whack and if you're seeking something i want you to type pray into the into the into the zoom chat right now and someone will break out and pray with you christ is enough you know church we always say this in our church that the great reward that great prize that awaits us is not a mansion in heaven even if there is one it's not streets paved with gold even if there is one it's not a crown of glory even if there is one the great prize in heaven is christ for us to be one and reunite with unite with him see him face to face we heard this last week and today we're here hearing again about the prize set before us so church press on press on all the way you know because my dear sister lindy is here with us today i want to give her the honor of 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 praying with you praying for you to close this service together right now lindy why don't you lead us close us in prayer it will be our joy to have you send thank us thank you jesus thank you lord heavenly father thank you lord jesus that truly you are enough you are enough for us lord jesus and lord i pray and ask even right now over this atmosphere over every person that is here you see our lives you see the race that we are running you see the people around us you see the things that is grabbing our sight and here lord jesus we just want to align ourselves back to you in this season of malaysia what is happening all around us truly lord jesus you are our powerful god you are enough and you are here and you are leading us forward and so lord jesus we just come back to that place where you have called us and that we find you and for those that have not found that place lord jesus let them find that place where they will encounter you in everything in their lives and that is their strength and anchor in jesus name i pray amen